This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Joining us here on Wharton's campus is Mr. Kamal Hassan, Indian actor and producer, and a legend of Indian cinema. Kamal, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, my pleasure. Now, before we begin, I just want to share a quick anecdote. Uh, I went to college in uh, Bitspilani in India, and uh, I remember uh, way back, uh, you know, one of the years our Pilani Tamil Association screened Avaishan Mugi. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I remember before the screening, a few students uh, walked in with a big portrait of yours. And they garlanded the portrait, and they did an arti, and then the screening began. And no other film, no other actor got that uh, kind of attention. So I know those guys, and I know they did it in lighter vein, but I, it also speaks volumes about your uh, fans and how diehard fans they are. Oh, so yeah. can, you, can you say a little bit about your relationship with your fans? My relationship has been very different. Now I've become, from just their entertainer, I've become their elder brother and uh, sort of a leader to them. Uh, I was not planning to lead or even follow, but it just happened that I had this enormous manpower going to waste or to politics, Mm. (laughs) which I didn't want either happening. So we converted all of them into social service uh, uh, arm. And now we have about 300 to 400,000 actual workers who could go out into the field and do things on command, but only for civic reasons, not political or rabble-rousing of any other sort. So we are part of a clean India moment also. Which by the is, Prime Minister. Uh, by the Modi. Prime Minister. Yeah. And we have been doing that for the past 30 years. Oh, wow. So uh, we, uh, being chosen as one of the ambassadors, I think, is more a recognition for me than a new <laughs> appointment. So we've been at it, and we're very proud that uh, I think it's only because of those people. Uh, the amount of money that has been spent, mm. I mean, in, in dollar terms, it might mean little, but uh, it's something like uh, six or seven million but all from people. Those those currencies are wet with sweat. They're mm-hmm. hardworking. Some of them are laborers, earning right. very little, but right. they donate. So we have created a habit of donating and serving among even those who actually are making ends meet. Wow. So they are... They are uh, it's sort of it's a reversal of roles. I've become their fan <laughs> for all that they're doing to society. Yeah. It's, uh, and we're working together and still hope to work together. Yeah. Now, kudos to you. It's uh, great to see you put that stardom into a great social mission. Yeah, when I told them about 30 years back that I'd be proud telling them I've done this. So please understand it might sound silly now. But now they, we are a team who have donated body parts, donated eyes. We are blood donors, blood banks call us when they need blood, special group. People go out of their town to donate blood in another town. That's and amazing. Yeah. Th- that, that's what we have created. Now, you know, talking about your fans, yesterday I had a conversation with one of your fans 
who's my mother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> and she was telling me that she has seen your first movie from 1960, yes. when you were three or four years old, oh, yeah. right? And I was amazed to learn that you've had a 55-year career in films and you've done over 200 uh, movies. No, it's, you become, it's become 57 now. It's 57 <laughs> now, that's right. I figured you might have stopped counting now after a while. Well, for, for obvious reasons, it's not good <laughs> PR to keep telling <laughs> what kind of citizen you are. Right, right. Fair enough. Uh, but as you reflect on, on this illustrious career, what were the key moments or the key opportunities that uh, changed your career trajectory? Well, people here, when I see actors, and even today, not only Hollywood, but even in the scheme, they plan, they sit and decide what they're going to do. I did nothing of that sort. Mm. And if I, if I tell you the uh, kind of coincidences that happened that made me go from one to another, it's unbelievable. My, I was just talking on uh, Sirius Radio, and I was telling them that my... When I'd given up on, on acting because my father thought I should pursue uh, school and uh, stuff like that, I was seven or eight, and uh, I had an accident in school while fooling around. Mm -hmm. Fell into the well of a stair, oh, boy. Uh, three stories down. Oh, my goodness. So that notoriety gave me uh, a sort of visibility that took me to theater. So I was known as a kid who survived, who fell. And <laughs> so he was also an actor movie actor. So somebody looking for a child actor for his theater group found me and he became my guru and uh, I became like one among the family. Then he is T.K. Shanmukham, the doyen of Tamil theater. Right, right. Out, uh, after whom I named a film Abhay Shanmukhi. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. interesting. Shanmukham is his name. So uh, he's, he's mentored so many actors in the time. I, I was one of them. Then I became a dance Choreographer. Again, another accident, and I thought I won't be performing. So I went and joined as an assistant choreographer in movies. I was only playing sound for rehearsals. Then they found I could dance, and then he took me in, and my boss at that time became a director, like how Bob Fosse from choreography to film direction. He, he also graduated, and uh, so along with him, I latched on and became an assistant director. I was, all this happened between 16 and 19. Wow. It's probably the perfect time. It's like going to film school. But I wish I had gone to film school. It was finding my way, which was right. very bad. But then I wrote my first screenplay when I was 19. Mm. And... The director of the film thought I should star in it because I understand the character best. So here I was, and then my mentor, uh, Mr. Balchandra, found yes. me. And I told him uh, he liked me, and I told him I'd like to become a director like you, sir, one day. He said, don't be a fool. Take up, <laughs> take up acting. I see you becoming an actor. And I was wrong, and he was right. And... Uh, he said, you could become a director whenever you want mm. because you're trained for it. But this is something else that doesn't happen to everybody. So I see. Then I did 36 films with him, which is... Uh, wow. <laughs> so you're, you're talking about doing 36 uh, films with him, so clearly he's a person who... He's like a father to me. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. 
Are there other uh, people or maybe other films that inspired you? And I ask because you've been an inspiration to a lot of actors and directors, so I'm curious to know what inspires quite the person. A, quite a few. Person. Like, I thought the, my world ended with Shivari Ganesan and Dilip Kumar Saab. This is the where the sun sets, this is where the moon <laughs> rises kind of limitation. Mm. Then later we saw Brando. We understood Brando. Mm-hmm. Then Orson Welles and stuff like that. I see. And then my horizon broadened further. Then you saw uh, European actors. Mm. We thought then Hollywood is the zenith. Then we found that various pockets of genius that Japan, you were, where even Hollywood picks up from. Right. Then we got introduced to Japanese, Chinese, uh, Dutch cinema, and they've all been inspirations in my career. I see. Now, you talked about how you didn't have training and, and, you know, I wish I'd gone to a film school, but you also are are trained as a dancer, and I can see how your experience in performing arts could uh, be a source of inspiration for you as an actor. But tell us a little bit more on what you draw upon as an actor. Is it sheer instinct? Is it the dance training? What is it? No, dance training can be only one part. Mm. Like if you right. see Christopher Watkins, mm. I never knew he could even dance. Mm. That's not what I admired him for. It was a right. surprise when he could dance. Right. So dance could be just a part of, right. of uh, your acting prowess. As a matter of fact, Fred Astaire, they always talk about his um, dancing. Right. Uh, or Jane Khalifa. Bo- both of them were good actors, too. They didn't focus on it as much as they did dancing. So I think cinema itself is a very versatile medium. To be serving that medium, you have to be versatile. You'll have to know so many things. And I enjoyed it. And um, since I grew up, my eyes opened to cinema. I probably understood like how a child born with a computer environment plays easily with it mm. than a person who saw the advent of computer coming in and slowly touched it and got used to it. Uh, it's like today's ch- children who take up an iPad and start playing the baby games on an iPad. Right, so you grew up with cinema. Right? That, that That's probably one little uh, sort of uh, help in the gradient that I got. So let's talk a little bit about your movies. You've made some amazing <clears throat> films like Nikon, uh, which I saw for a second time just uh, this week uh, and was blown away by the intensity. But there's so many other. The list is so long. Michael Madan Kamrajan, Avaishan Mugi, Sagar, uh, in Kannada, which is the language I speak, uh, Rama Bama Shama and many others. Uh, where, I mean, I, I'm curious to understand how you go about selecting your films. I mean, you've had this uh, amazing set of films, and I'm interested in understanding what is the process that goes into deciding I'm going to do this film and not that other film. It's it's complicated, but it's very simple also. It's the way you select the films to see. Hmm. You know, and some people pick the right movie all the time because they've been doing only that. They love it. Right. And they say, not this one. And you're wondering which one to pick. And there's this wise geek, cinema geek, who tells you, go to that one because I think it's going to be good. It's it's still a chance. It might. But that's that's what I uh, obey, that audience and me. Mm. 
I think ultimately all directors are trying to become the audience they once were. Right. Where you could totally concentrate on the center of screen. On the moment you become a technician, you start watching the corners. It shakes a little, you notice it. <laughs> it pans a little, you notice it. So you're not actually immersed into the watching of the film. Right. The other details sort of crowd your mind. So most great directors are simplifying their job and becoming the audience is probably the, the zenith of their uh, wish list, you know, to become that. Right. You just gave the perspective of the director or the cameraman, and, and you yourself have been a producer, you've uh, directed, you've written. Uh, can you tell us a, a little bit about what got you into producing, directing? Why did you decide to do it your, yourself? Survival. <laughs> uh, it's like being a gladiator and then starting a gladiator school and then becoming Spartacus. <laughs> it's, it's like that. You know, it, it became truly because, because the kind of films they were doing was not satisfactory. The kind of films I was suggesting would become... Uh, I mean, intervention. Some people were lucky, like Brando got to got a say <laughs> in any film he did. He was such a big star. But I didn't want to uh, risk bad PR. So I put my money where my mouth was. Okay. So, And it worked. We have now produced uh, 40 films under my company. Oh, wow. okay. And out of which we have more than 30 hits. Hits which uh, include uh, films like Tevar Magan, even Rama Shamabama we were part of. So you're not just an amazing creative person, you're a great businessman too. You could come teach at Wharton in that case. 30 <laughs> out of 40 films, that's amazing. Yeah, that, 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 uh, we, we know that we are we're now concentrating on the other 10. <laughs> Why right. and how? Right. And we have the answers, but a little too late. Yeah. <laughs> But it could be imparted to somebody else, yes. We, more than coming to Warden, I think we'll have to sit home and mull over our failures and see that it doesn't happen again. So, Kamal, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about Indian cinema in general and the challenges and the opportunities uh, it faces. So if you look at Indian cinema, you know, there's some great movies that have come out of it. Of course, there's Satyajit Ray, you know, your own film, Nayagan, directed by Mani Ratnam, has been listed by Time magazine as one of the 100 greatest films of all time. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, I saw it again second time this week, and I was simply blown away by the intensity of the Thank movie. You. Now, while we have produced these kinds of movies, it's also true that given how massive the market is, these kinds of movies have more been exceptions than the norm of the uh, industry. And you also alluded to the fact that uh, you became a producer because the kinds of films you wanted to make weren't being made. So can you tell us a little bit about why, despite India being such a big film market, India hasn't been producing great cinema at the same rate? Uh, the thing is, more people with money started dictating uh, the proceed proceedings of the business. Less and less visionaries were doing it. I see. When you had uh, K. A. Asif, I think I would put the blame squarely on great people like K. A. Asif, who are taking so long to make films. Mm. If they had only made it faster, they would have set example, set the pace, set the bar higher every time. Mm. 
And uh, it was very difficult, very tough market, and there weren't any studios. Right. They all shut down soon after independence. Everybody was an independent producer. They didn't go the Hollywood route, so everybody was risking it. Like even my own company um, is, is like two brothers running the company. But we, we are visionaries. We, we look at what we want to do, and we bet our stakes are high, but we bet it on what we believe in. And it's worked about 30 times for us. Mm, yeah. Now, my own hypothesis on this subject is that it feels to me like there is an underinvestment in scripts in India. So yes. if you look at uh, Hollywood, for example, development, which is, you know, licensing a book or writing the screenplay takes up 10 to 15% of the total budget. I looked at similar numbers for the Hindi cinema industry, which was around 1% to 1.5%, and I imagine it's similar in other languages. No, it's even well. less. So, so it's, it's, it's so reliant on stars right. and existing uh, fame that doesn't try anything. They don't believe truly that content could become king. I see. They think they need an actual king with a crown. <laughs> in physical form. So that's why they go to stars all right, the time. Right. But the t things are changing now. And uh, as I was talking, it's time that India started making its film uh, in the language that it communicates with each interstate communication. Right. It's not done in Canada between Tamil Nadu and right. uh, Karnataka. Right. Interstate communication between Maharashtra and Tamil Nadu happens because we have one national language called English. Right. So that is our strength, and we should start making films in that language. And what about the writers? You know, what does it take for writers to you know, get due attention in the industry? Is that happening already? Or? It's, it's slowly happening. Like, I started on my own initiative. It was not by any... Uh, my company did it. And we had a workshop, a uh, screenplay workshop, uh, more than one or two, uh, where we made all international writers come and attend. And um, IIT Madras was kind enough to offer space. Mm. And that's probably the one time where two uh, spectrums met, you know. <laughs> it, it never, ever got together. Mm. The, and both need each other that way. And the two spectrums being the creative writers? The creative writers. I, not only that, IIT is... Uh, technical is talent. Technical talent, and it's where intelligentsia is supposed to reside. And if that connects with... Uh, uh, Tamil filmmaking. Look at the kind of synergy that they could create. That's what yeah. I was Got trying it. to. Got it. Even now, I'm very keen on um, uh, making a media school. Uh, th those opportunities that I missed should I be now given to this extraordinary talent, and we have neglected most of uh, talented India. Right. Like for Assam, Meghalaya. Right. The northwest, uh, northeast frontier itself, we, we never looked into it. That's right. Now, moving on from writing, another criticism of Indian cinema uh, tends to be the nepotism in the industry that there is, uh, it's hard for a newcomer to get in and it's easier for insiders. 
Um, what's your take on that? Is that fair? And more importantly, is it possible for somebody with uh, new creative ideas or with great talent to break in, even if they have no connections? No, it's happening. Like, I, I was a nobody when yeah, I Yeah, you clearly were, yeah, yeah. So were an I, outsider. I can go by my example. And I was not even from uh, that part of the country. Yeah. And I didn't even speak that language, but they welcomed me. And I think you can say that, yes. that hap- That's true of Hollywood, too. Hmm. You have... Uh, well, there are, I guess, fewer, you know, father-son type of things that you can point to. Yeah, that, that's the same thing that's happening there. But, um, well, uh, like a kid who's been in cinema from three and a half benefits, he understands it better. Look at me. Right. So now Shruti, my daughter, is in movies. Yeah. She understands it better, but she didn't want to become an actor. She actually was a graduate from Musicians Institute. Oh, really? In uh, L.A., mm-hmm. But then she came back and she took to acting. She, she's kept her career on hold as far as music is concerned. But now she's, after becoming a star, she's using it to her benefit. Got it. So on that note, what would be your advice for somebody who's, you know, wants to break in, has talent, has uh, an idea, but doesn't have the connections? What's the right way to approach? I it? think the best thing is that's what I'm trying to create now, mm. a media school that trains, actually, instead of going and It's a lie when people say that I worked under somebody, a director, and I learned film direction from him. It's a lie. You cannot teach warfare during battle. Mm. (laughs) It's an interesting perspective. Yeah, you don't teach them stroke by stroke. You don't tell them how to defend. They just watch and pick it up, and that's dangerous. The best way is to learn in a ludus, in a school for fighters. And that's what should happen. My advice is that my career took a strange twist and turn and got me into the right spot. But um, I, I don't think that's a good example to follow because not all can be that lucky, yeah. finding good teachers all the time. Right. For me, my teachers paid me. Instead of the other way around. Right, right. They paid me and taught me. <laughs> and it's, that, that's not going to happen. That doesn't happen anymore, right? <laughs> so I think they should prepare themselves like it's a serious business. Mm. And they should prepare like any other cinematography. Or you can't just come in here and handle that camera. Right. You have to know where the switches are, what it does, what what an aperture is, what, what happens when it... When it becomes CMOS, right. uh, uh, how it grabs light and what all you could do further, right. what you can do on film. Right. All, all that yeah, you all must the know. switch to g- digital, the red switch, camera, and so you on. You must know the uh, uh, earlier history of how we suffered <laughs> <laughs> and how this has gone even further ahead. All that is knowledge and study, and that should be done, even in acting, even in film production. Carrying a bag a bag load of money and becoming a producer is no good. Right. That's what happened to India. And that's what went wrong. Now is a time where even the producers will have to be trained. Yeah. So, Kamal, let's talk a little bit about digital platforms and their relevance in India. So, Netflix has entered India very recently. Uh, in India, internet adoption is increasing. But at the same time, broadband speeds aren't quite the same. 
What's your take on digital platforms for uh, movie and related content? I've, I've both cut my teeth and broken it on the platform in the sense that uh, I was the first man trying to, attempting day and date release on a DTH platform. I see. And uh, the whole industry came piling down on me. Was like this American for Vishwarupam? Yeah, Vishwarupam. They banned the film, they stopped the film, they did everything possible. <laughs> then I had to wave a white flag and said, okay, no DTH, and I'll come <laughs> back to the theater. Which, uh, which is okay, I guess, because, but uh, the door is already open, the idea is planted. You cannot stop technology, it will come. And uh, it is the way to go. I mean, Netflix is coming and... Uh, uh, YouTube, all of them are coming in, and I'd like to explore them, work with them, and that is the future because it convenience of the customer will g g uh, garner more money right. if you supply to that need. Right, and in fact, these platforms in the U.S. have also made a new kind of uh, content possible. Uh, so, for example, Netflix has produced several shows. Amazon has produced. YouTube has produced. Netflix has had House of Cards, which was a great success, and many others. So is there a similar opportunity in India where certain kinds of films that have an audience but perhaps are not meant to be large-scale so blockbusters? Not all satellite channels in India are held by companies. Some are held by politicians. Mm. So it's only a propaganda tool, news, propaganda, and that's it. So they are not looking at it as a great business opportunity. The moment they do that, it will be great. But you uh, think it's on the TV side, not so much Netflix and YouTube doing that? No, but Netflix and YouTube has a fantastic potential in uh, India. YouTube already is there. Right. And uh, Netflix will come there, and maybe a few more. They'll try and break into the, uh, follow the pattern of success. But that's that's the way to go, and that's because especially in a country where there's no transparency in the box office. Right. So this will become a, a venue, and uh, I'm so happy to see the way television in America is going because it's not driven by uh, people who are only crunching numbers. Right. Somehow it's taking a very intelligent turn. So you're hopeful there could be a similar renaissance of television in India as well? I hope so, because, but they have, I don't know, it, it should have happened by now. We're already late, but I think it will yeah, copy. Uh, but these platforms are still, with or without television, delivering uh, material direct-to-home is going to work. Now, direct-to-laptops right. and gadgets is going to be the way uh, and, the, uh, and the length of the film might become extraordinarily long, but it will become smaller, you know, like serials. Right. Uh, a 10-minute shot, ten, the 20 minutes might soon become 10 minutes. And you'll do hundreds of them. So it'll become a thousand-minute show. Yeah. yeah. Now, we've talked a little bit about what has gone wrong and what are the challenges Indian cinema faces. What, in your mind, is uh, perhaps uh, the most important thing that other film markets can learn from Indian cinema? 
Oh, that is the ingenuity with making films of whatever we have. Right. Like right. if I tell you the budget of uh, Vishwarupam. Yes, please. Tell us. Yeah, you, you, you won't believe it because it is a little less than 10 million. And that includes my remuneration, which is a big chunk. I see. Right. Which means it's... 10 million US dollars. Yeah. yeah. But you look at the right. film, it's you a, have it's black It's a big box. budget movie, right? Yeah, yeah. like... And if, it's if a lot of uh, special effects yeah. and, and all of that. If you want to pull off a film like that in Hollywood, it'll cost you 20, 25 More? million. Right, right. And we've done it at half the price, and the quality is not bad at all. You've seen Hollywood films, and you've seen right. Vishwarupam. Oh, yes, I've seen Vishwarupam, and, and clearly in terms of the effects and all of that, it, it, it's on par. So that's, that's, and that's what we shouldn't lose, because our shaking hands with Hollywood doesn't, shouldn't grease it with a lot of dollars right. and make us complacent. Okay. I think our quality comes from our... Uh, use of budget and working hard. Right. So I think what they should learn from Hollywood on the uh, contrary for most of the filmmaking industry is the uh, prep for a film. Mm. The way Hollywood preps is right. astounding. Right. I like it. And it, it, it is all, uh, there's no bragging element in that. It's all necessary and the way they do it. And yes, it looks a bit flamboyant for people who are budget conscious. Mm. Because as you say, to develop a movie, to prep a movie, so much money is spent. Right. And an Indian producer will still not understand why that is so important to spend right. money there. Right. Now, finally, let me come back to where we began, which is your 55-year uh, film career. After such an illustrious career, what is there left for you to do in cinema? What keeps you ticking within the film world? Applause and money. <laughs> <laughs> so you never get tired of no, it? <laughs> no, not, not of both. <laughs> but apart from that, there's a lot of work to do as far as India is concerned. As I told you, the media school itself is a, right. is a dream. And now we are uh, writing a script with American writers. Um, my friend Charles Oliver and a few other writers are sitting together, and uh, we are making a script in English. Mm. <coughs> Hopefully, films like that w would happen more often, and then we are talking. <laughs> well, here's wishing you even more success. Thank you so much for joining us here. Thank you. Pleasure. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.